welcome to another episode of Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast, a podcast where fans feel talk about motorsport. This is episode number 48. And tonight I'm joined by my three co-hosts, as always, Colton Cranmore, Nathan Ball, and Jared Bakaisa. I'm Alex Harrington, and we have a very special guest, a sponsor of last week's guest, uh, Jeremy Clements. That is the first specific funding, first specific funding uh racing uh of Steve Carnes, welcome in. Steve, how are you doing tonight? Good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of questions for Steve, and you guys know the drill. If you are on Facebook, go ahead and leave us some comments, and we'll get to them uh, in and out of the show. Uh, other than that, let's go ahead and get into it. So, Steve, you are sponsoring Jeremy Clements and the number 51. We can see that on your hoodie tonight. Um, you guys are a leasing company based out of the Pacific Northwest. So you guys, what do you guys, what do you guys do? Other, I mean, for, so, uh, so we've got 14 locations, 14 banks across the U S and our primary focus is, uh, commercial lending for businesses. So we work with your mom and pop smaller dealerships around the country that don't have that side of their business financing. So we step in and kind of take care of, you know, getting their customers approved, working out payment plans. So we work in all 50 states um, okay. and it's been a, it's been a really good success in the NASCAR world because uh, we work daily with your independent contractors who need equipment, need to be financed. And they're also NASCAR fans. So it's been a really a good uh, fit for, you know, for us getting into the sport. We've had a lot of good feedback, uh, a lot of good return, you know, from that. So we've had a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, I did want to ask, how did the relationship with Jeremy come about since uh, that is the car that you sponsor? Yeah. So it came about um, in late night 2019. Um, I had uh, I just wanted to kind of do some, I, you know, I, I wanted to do something nice for some people. So I think I had posted like you know, if, if there's, you know, five or so people that are really having a bad time right now, you know, I'd like to put a smile on your face and give a set of, uh, you know, race tickets for, uh, for 2020. And it took off like a lot of people, you know, uh, were interested in, and took care of a lot of people with tickets and passes and what, and, uh, and Jeremy had stepped in, uh, he had sent an, a tweet himself saying, you know, I'd like to cover the hot passes for, for, you know, whatever people we decide upon. So I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's nice. So we kind of just, um, you know, at first just a little messaging back and forth. And then um, it just got to be more fluent conversation and more frequent. So, you know, we just established a friendship over messaging and then it, and then it became a case of, um, you know, I want to take this to the next level as far as, you know, maybe let's talk numbers as far as sponsoring some races for you. So 2020, when COVID was in full gear, um, you know, and there weren't fans allowed, uh, you know, we worked out a deal to do both Kentucky races, which were back to back. Um, and so we did that. And we, I mean, it was, it was amazing because the, the best thing about that um, was the first race they did an invert on the final on the 16 that finished so he finished in 12th which put him in fourth for the second night and three or four laps in he's leading the race and i'm like well this is too good to be true you know our company colors leading the race you know with a budget one quarter of everybody around us yeah. so um you know that really just that took off and the airtime was just amazing. You know, we didn't, we went into it just kind of expecting, you know, let's just feel it out, see if we have a good time. And the next thing we know, you know, we're leading the race and getting exposure and just being a race fan for 40 plus years, I was like, okay, you know, I wish my dad was still around to just see kind of what's going on. Um, but it was just, I mean, it was just the start of something that, of something special and you know from there we did you know we did the, just the two races then and then we took it up a notch to nine races last year and uh 11 to 13 this year i don't have it in front of me but yeah we're we're fully vested in jeremy i mean he's they don't come any better than him 
Um, he takes really good care of his equipment. Um, and I mean, to make the playoffs it, last year was just like, this can't be, I mean, it's just, everything is just going really good. So yeah, we look to, we look to have just as good a success this year as last year. Um, there's been a lot of upgrades on the team as far as just equipment. Um, I mean, just all, all around engines, everything. So last year was just like a, a you know, foot in the door this year we're we're hopefully things will even progress even more than last year yeah so uh if you guys uh who are watching and listening uh watch last week we did talk a good bit with jeremy clements about all of the uh new upgrades and everything that he's got coming in uh, a couple of new chassis uh this year uh we're, we're all looking forward to it we're all rooting for him uh and uh to have you on the car uh is actually something that i did want to get on uh into you're not a you're not just a sponsor you didn't come here with money bags saying fast cars are cool yeah. um so before uh you know we get into some of the some of the nuanced stuff that we're going to get into today how connected are you with racing itself well i'm 52 and when i was seven i went to my first race in daytona my dad drove the rv right up to the front of the place you know where there was hardly any networks um you know the popularity wasn't then what it is now you know you can't drive an rv right up to the front gate of a, a major speedway now like you can or could back then so i mean the it was just for me the first time i saw a race and just the smell and the and the speeds and everything was just like okay well i want to do more of this dad so we just continued to go to races in the Southeast and he bought an RV. And so we were just going, you know, probably 10 to 15 races a year back then. And I mean, the majority of the races back then were in the Southeast anyway. So, I mean, we hit two thirds of all the races and we would just get back in time for uh, school the next morning. He somehow slept with one eye open driving down the road and got, got us home safe. So, it was just, it was really funny because back then there was there wasn't the support that there is now. So when I would go to school, high school, um, you know, I would have airbrush Jeff Bodine shirts because that was my guy back in the day. So I would have airbrush Jeff Bodine shirts, and I mean, nobody knew who the hell he was at school. You know, everybody wore your typical NFL jerseys, and you're like what the hell is a Levi Garrett car? You know, what is that? So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and traveling the country, uh, and seeing Jeff every week, we developed a friendship too, Jeff and I, because I would go to, even when I entered the Navy, um, I would go, you know, anytime that our ship was in port, I would go to a race and I would just do this at 17, 18, 19 years old, like just, freedom. Let's go. I wouldn't be going home or going, I would be going to a NASCAR track. So, um, so I got to meet a lot of, you know, cool people along the way. Jeff's parents took me in like as one of their own. And so it was just a lot of fun traveling to all these tracks. Um, I got the scanner like in the early eighties when they first came out and nobody had them. I just, my dad got me one and it was like a damn brick that you just put on your waist, you know, like, early cell phones. So, but it was cool. I got to, you know, see all the Dale Earnhardt senior Jeff Bodine moments in person. Um, it was, it was just a lot of fun. And I used to sneak into the garage area as a kid and it was, and usually get kicked out, but I would always make sure I at least tried and come away with some cool gadgets and, you know, uh, bumpers and sheet metal back, back then. So, didn't mean to ramble, but yeah, that's kind of no. You're you're perfect. Yeah, no, we're learning a lot right now. So yeah. that's, that's great. <laughs> so I remember um, bringing Harry Gant's full bumper back to the RV one time. I mean, it was like just just huge as hell. I mean, it had it was not just a it was the bumper, the right. It was just a massive piece of metal. And my dad goes, "What in the hell are you going to do with that?" And I somehow got it home and mounted it over my bed. And that, you know. Do you still have that? No. Uh, no, that was yeah. many, many years ago. But it, yeah. was, it was really cool. So what's your perspective? You mentioned you saw 
I think you said all of them in person, the Bodine Earnhardt moments. Uh, my dad was a diehard Earnhardt fan. And yeah. so I've heard a lot of colorful words to describe Jeff Bodine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I had many colorful words for, for Earnhardt, so I guess it was back and forth. Yeah. It was a great – I've always um, tried to talk to Matt Dillner and um, Mike Davis and all those guys over at the Hill Junior Download to get Jeff on there. And I actually texted Jeff, and he just he's not feeling that good, hasn't the last year. Because I really want to just hear, you know, there's only so much you can hear talking to him. I'm, I'm sure him talking to uh, Dale Jr., would really just, I mean, that would be, that would be a download that would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like some of the cool, I went to that, I was at the Charlotte race where um, it was senior Bodine and, and Elliot. Um, and that was that spin on the backstretch. Uh, he took Jeff and just spun him all the way around and he kept on, I don't know where he finished, but yeah, man, there's been, and then there was a lot of Darlington, it, it's just endless, you know, and back then they used to run the Xfinity series too. Uh, Dale and, and Jeff used to have Xfinity battles. So it was just, it was just constant, you know? Yeah. You don't see that nowadays because everybody's best friends in the, in a, you know, they holler a lot, but there was true rivalries back then. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is one thing that I wish we had more of today was those just, I mean, out for blood kind of rivalries. Um, even if they're just cutting each other's tires down, you know, once a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd really love to see it again. Cause that's one that I tell people about when I tell them about past history is I always mention the Bodine and Earnhardt thing. Well, like, you know, Earnhardt wasn't always the best, <laughs> best guy on the track. You know? Yeah. I mean, they both ruffled each other up a good amount. So, but that's why I kept going to all those races. It was because you just never knew what was in store each week, you know, and I wasn't going to not be there. So I would travel stupid distances to, to go watch a three hour race or two days of racing, but I would sleep in my car and I would just get back in time to go back to the ship and, and we'd go out on a cruise or what. So yeah, it was, it was, I wish I had the technology then that I do now to be able to, you know, watch races uh, on the carrier, but yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we see you post pictures from back in the day with all these famous people. You mentioned that Bodine's family kind of took you in like a son and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious as to what your perspective was back then. You know, were you a little bit starstruck? Because you mentioned this is pretty much your childhood at that point. Yeah, yeah being like being in the racing deal for um, 40 some years, you know, you've seen just drivers come and go. Um I'm not as starstruck now because I'm, you know, I'm with these guys more often now than I used to be. But back then as a kid, like a 10 year old, 12 year old kid, you know, those drivers, Dale, uh, Daryl, Neil, um, Davey, you know, all these guys back in the day, it was, I was certainly as a, as a young child starstruck then it was really cool. I remember one time getting into the garage area, um in shorts and you couldn't wear shorts back then but i was a kid i didn't know better i just snuck in they passed the security guard and he, and kenny wallace came up to me and goes what are you, what the hell are you doing in here with shorts you can't be in here i was like oh okay and then i used to wear my jeff uh bodine gold jacket and and have the scanner and then i'd have the little piece on it and i was only 14 or 15 and i would always just try to work up these little looks to where I felt like I appeared like I belonged in there. So I would, you know, yeah. and I would prepare and I would walk through the gate, like talking into the mic, like, yeah, man, don't bother me. I'm talking to somebody right now. And, and uh, it would work nine times out of 10. I, I, and I was trying for the longest time to, um, when I was in the Navy to try to get a job as a gopher, didn't need to be paid. I'm in the Navy. I'll be here every week. Maybe the West, there was a couple of California races back in the day that I obviously couldn't do. But um, yeah, I remember, I remember driving up to Junior Johnson's house and he was on a tractor mowing his crops. And I walk right up as a kid and he's like, what the, who the hell is this? He shuts the mower off and he, you know, he's like, what can I do for you? And I was like, I would like to work for you guys and I don't need to be paid. I just, he's like, just go fill out an application. 
So, so Steve Carnes. Sorry to bother you. Steve Carnes is in the Navy, just rolls up, says, uh, I'm going to recreate this Days of Thunder scene. Or maybe yeah. he did it before Days of Thunder. <laughs> and, yeah. Days of Thunder and, uh, got it from him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And talks to Junior Johnson. How do you have the balls to do that? Like, I'm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's one guy that I don't know that I could, I could, yeah, I could mosey on, on up to. Well, I mean, the same balls that got me into the garage area just about every race I went into. My yeah. dad, my dad groomed me young to just go for stuff. So, yeah. here Confidence I am. This is key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um so I'm sure other scores will pop up, but those are those are some of the most memorable ones. Yeah. So if you want to see some of the pictures and stuff that uh that you, that uh Steve's posted, go on uh Twitter at racechaser fifty one. He he is a must follow. He is always on there. Uh he's got something to say, and you can tell uh with his history in the sport, he is not saying it. Uh, just to say it, um, Steve, you have a catchphrase, and um, I think Colton wanted to say something about it. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it really could be your tagline, the, you know, we need more short tracks. Oh, I mean, I'm up for it. Yeah. Damn, damn near every week you're saying it, especially during the season. Um, what short tracks do you think that NASCAR needs to go to? Oh, gosh. And I got to follow this up. Last year I made – the dream truck schedule where I turned it almost into the world outlaws and I had them going to like 85 races. Yeah. And they were hitting, I mean, every short track you can think of. So what are um, three or four? I like, uh, is it slinger slinger? Yeah. Yep. Slinger. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Cause I know Matt Kenseth used to have some good battles there. I love like that half third mile high bank um, five flags. I'd love to see, you know, uh, them try that. Bowman Gray, but that would be a shit show. Well, you're in luck this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. I mean, that's kind of, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. It's, it's a Bowman Gray on steroids for sure. Um, I mean, five, well, five flags and then, you know, the fairgrounds. I think they're starting to get that way. I mean, it's, I, you know, I remember going to St. Elmo's one night before during the Indy weekend and Steve O'Donnell's there. And then my first thing was, uh, hi, how you doing? I'm Steve. It's, we need more short track, Steve. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the and, balls uh, on Steve. He, he's like, we're working, we're working on it. So that was two years ago. So yeah, yeah. So as, as someone uh, who is a, a speed freak myself, when it comes to NASCAR, I always think big super speedways, mile and a half, two mile tracks. You know, of course Daytona and Talladega. Um, is it more short tracks at the expense of this, or are you still okay with that classic sort of um, upwards momentum that NASCAR had getting off of dirt and off of the short tracks into these big stadium-like racetracks? I mean, do you want to mix of both of that, or are you just strictly more short track racing? No, I mean, I, I think they're they're going in the right direction, and I don't think, uh, with the with the exception of maybe you know, your, your super speedways, um, you know, and a, and a couple of your tracks that have been around forever, your Darlington's and Martin's like, um, I I don't think a lot of like Texas doesn't need two dates. Dover doesn't need two dates. And I don't think, I don't remember. I think they cut it down to one date at Dover and Dover's probably out the door here soon anyways. Um, as well as Pocono, the independent tracks, um, I just, you know, these other, these are dates that they're wanting elsewhere badly. So yeah, I'd be surprised if Dover's around next year. Um, but I don't know. I could be completely wrong. How long do you think Pocono is going to last? I'm from Pennsylvania, by the way. Right. So I, I've been going to Pocono since 2007, every single year. Um, I mean, I, I really do like the, the double header there. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I honestly mm-hmm. thought yeah. that, there were so many people at the truck race, at least, and I've never like that was actually like the first truck race I've been able to go to, and there were so many people in the stands for that, and then you yeah. know, just like walking around because like that was whenever everything was like full capacity, so everyone was there. I just thought right. that was a pretty awesome experience. I mean, you get the arc on Friday, you got truck cup, then Xfinity cup the next day. Like, yep. 
and yeah. it was and it was like right in the prime time end of july because pocono always had like first week in june then like june, the first week yeah. in august so if they had that like right in the middle then you had all the families were able to like plan their vacations around that rather than have to choose do i want to go to the june date or do i want to go to the august date yeah right yeah and you know kentucky is was my home track and it it tears me up every time i drive by it but i mean it is what it is i still don't i mean i i get that there's been a lot of bad races at there and at a lot of my own tra half tracks but i mean my gosh uh you know who's gonna forget the the curtain kyle last two laps there two years right. ago mm -hmm. and cole custer won i think it was damn near like three wide um at the last race in 20. so it's a it's a sore subject and i don't i I asked um, O'Donnell the last, when I saw him last year, I said, what, you know, can I, ex is there a chance that, um, you know, Kentucky will come back? And he said, um, I, I don't think so. So, and it's now an Amazon parking lot and Ford F-150 parking lot. So, yeah, so yeah. it just sucks. Yeah. For me, those racetracks, I, I feel like, uh, I can agree with you to a point with the more short track racing, right. um, but it's these these dates that we're taking away from these unique tracks, like Dover, like yeah. Dover. You know, if that if that that's a unique track that's been on right. the schedule for quite some time, and you're talking about Pocono potentially disappearing, I think we all see the writing on the wall. But mm -hmm. you know, for me as a NASCAR fan, I'd rather see them go to 34 different tracks and only hit Daytona and Talladega twice. Yeah, uh, yeah, but. Uh, I, and, I, and, and get the dirt off of Bristol. Yeah, we, that's for sure. You don't want to get me started on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that during the race, like I'm watching the race last year and I'm like, I just, hopefully this is it. And I mean, they announced they're coming back during the race, like not after, but like during the race, they're like, we're coming back next year. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But I mean, there's some people that like it. I just, there's plenty of tracks out there for dirt. Don't screw up, you know, Bristol. Thank you. Thank you. There's yeah, plenty of dirt tracks that can make yeah. it work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, back into some of the other stuff. I mean, speaking of, we already mentioned it a little bit. Does the LA Coliseum, is it going to feed more of your short track banner or or do you are you skeptical about this weekend? Uh, oh, I'm not skeptical. I was really I, I was really against it at first, really more for the sake of the crews and the teams and the expense. But I understand that the reasoning for this is just, you know, the week before the Super Bowl, it's an off week. So there will be eyeballs. Um, I mean, it's going to be one of those where you just, you're going to not miss it. I mean, it's going to be a one of a kind deal. So I, I think there'll be pretty good ratings for it. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we're all looking for it. As it's big as a sport, we don't know how good the actual racing is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't really understand the the safer barriers because I mean, you're forty miles, miles an hour in the turns, and I mean, what are you going to get up to sixty? Maybe, yeah. So right. that expense I didn't get. I mean, but I guess they're eyeing on the side of safety. I just. I didn't understand that, but yeah, it's also probably for me a little bit of optics on that. At the, oh yeah, you know, after after the Kyle Busch crash, after the Denny Hamlin crash, where they both hit, you know, without safer barriers, I think they're just, yeah. you know, what screw it, let's just not even have a chance. It's we don't want to have any of our guys hurt. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Do you think another reason when they're at the Coliseum and Coliseum, do you think they're going to have a bunch of celebrities there that they're going to show on TV just to make oh, it look like? A hundred percent. I'm. I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to bring in. I mean, they've already got uh, pre-concert, halftime concert, post-race concert. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff, entertainer-wise. So I'm sure they're going to be bringing a lot of people in for you know just the visibility of it. Absolutely. And they already did that with Auto Club uh, races, anyway. Oh yeah. You'd see, you know, um, Adam Sandler or Tom Cruise on pit road and stuff like that. So they're yeah. Gonna yeah, I mean, you'll you'll see plenty of that this weekend. I think they're going to gear up big time for that. So, I didn't even think about it back in the day about it being the weekend between the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's it's a smart move on their part. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if you see this growing into more similar events. You know, it doesn't have to be a points race, maybe exhibition races and other stadium venues similar to this. Like, do you think if it's success, then they're going to do this more often, or do you think it's just going to stay exhibition races? 
I, I, I'd be surprised if they don't continue to do this. It, I mean, if this works out and they, you know, they get the, the track up and the grass, I mean, I don't know about the grass. I know it's still there, but I mean, it would kind of be pretty cool taking this around, you know, the country to different venues um, that, that don't have that, you know, maybe West coast venues. So yeah, I think it would be, I would think it would be pretty cool. Yeah, you just, I would think you'd want to just always change it up to different um, geographic areas. It makes total sense. Yeah, so since we're on like the topic of short tracks, so do you go to any of the local short tracks on the weekends whenever you're with Jeremy? Um, no, no. Um, I grew up on a short track in, um, in Florida and I don't go to, I don't go to many short tracks now, any like you know, your little local venues. Uh, I've got four kids and they gobble up most of my time, you know, and I'm, I'm walking on thin ice most of the time trying to get an extra race or two out of the wife. So, you know, I've got to really uh, just watch the amount of races I go to. Cause there's been times where it's like, okay, we're, we're really pushing the limits here. Yeah. Yeah. Mind your P's and Q's. Yeah. Um, did, so you mentioned you had one when you were a kid in Florida. Um, did you ever, did you go to it quite a bit? Where were oh, some of the yeah. You That's, see? Um, yeah. So aside, I'm sorry. What was that? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, aside from going to the races, the NASCAR races, my dad would have me at the local short track. He wouldn't have me there. I'd be wanting to go there, but we would be there every Saturday night. Um, and that's where kind of where Steven Nassi, uh, Grew, you know, he got raced a lot there and uh, it was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm -hmm. It was called uh, Sunshine Speedway. Now it's called Showtime Speedway. But oh, that was gotcha. where I was there every Saturday night in the pits. And I remember my dad was saying, hey, do you want to drive one of these? So he brought a bunch of cash with him one night and we were looking at driving some beater around. I was like 15 or 16 and I was just intimidated. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so. So I didn't do it. I, now I kick myself because that was probably the closest to a racing career that I ever had. Yeah, that kind of tied into the next question I had is to whether or not you've actually tried racing anything. You know, it doesn't have to be cars. It could be carts. It could be any sort of local racing vehicles. You know, have you ever kind of gone well, back on that? Well, I've done a couple of racing schools. I did lost. Um, I did um, Kentucky during the Rusty Wallace uh uh, racing school where there was no person sitting next to you you would just have a spotter you know he'd be tell you you know take it up to mm -hmm. three thousand and the next lap four thousand five thousand rpm so you just get up and i got up to i got the same speed there and at vegas it was about 160 um and it was just so cool having the car and it was just being a fan it all made sense you know because the car's geared towards turning left so you're basically at two o'clock to go straight Mm -hmm. you're holding the steering wheel at two mm -hmm. to go straight and then you know it just just dives into the corner so yeah it, it would just all made sense you know after driving it on how the cars were set up and stagger and all that hmm. it's pretty interesting yeah so did you, when you were on had a a contest um he gave a thousand dollars back then to whoever had the best speed so did you, you win know, yeah Oh, yeah. hell yeah. I, in Vegas, they, they had a guy sitting next to me, and I pissed him off so bad. I go, because, you know, they do the up, level off, or down. And I 75% of the time, he was like, take this thing down. Because I was going into the turns without barely letting off, because I was like, you know. Yeah, so. I know it'll stick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Yep. Well, that was my next question. I was going to ask uh, if you were you were out when you came back, if you were uh, like, man, I wish I could have gone faster out there. But it sounds like you were going too fast. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. I was I was borderline getting kicked out. So but he'll get he'll get over it. So, yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I do kind of want to move in uh, to the next gen a little bit. I know it doesn't really affect you as an Xfinity sponsor. Um but most of the fans like us who are, you know, big time fans say that the Xfinity has the best racing, but with the new cars and cups, it seems like they're trying to hybridize 
the Xfinity series with maybe the supercar series from Australia by having um, the single lug and stuff, but also the composite body that you see in, in the Xfinity series. Um, does that give you hope for the top tier of the sport? Um, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I, I think that ever since Jim France took over, I think they're kind of leaning more towards the end. So, you know, way with the numbers forward, the sound, the one lug, I mean, this stuff wasn't even mentioned until he got into the sport. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm excited. I'm hoping for the best. I just, I'm kind of going in there with um, just open attitude, you know, open mind. And I, you know, from what I'm seeing during testing, it all looks fine. It, they, they look a lot slower, but um you know, I'm, I'm just keeping an open mind. I'm just excited that it's February and we're weeks away from getting this baby rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, to kind of kind of move on with that. So as a sponsor with the number move in Cup, what implications are there for not having the Xfinity numbers moved? And would you want that move to happen? Um, I'm good where they're at. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's where, yeah. you know, our return on investment is not going to be any different, whether we've got another two foot of lettering or not. I mean, the only other thing that I would like to see is that where they are, where the numbers are in the Xfinity series right now, you can't put any sponsor labels in front of the number. So, you know, we've, we're we're full with sponsors and i could even put more on the car but there's just not enough and it's a good problem to have but sometimes there's just not enough room because you know the sponsor is going to require um you know an adequate sized logo on their car and if it's just you're trying to squeeze all these companies in one area it's just not it's you know they're not going to be happy so yeah kind of actually hold on follow up with that too like what was the reasoning that they took contingency sponsors away from nascar because you see like on a bunch of like even like the jtg cars you'll see like on the deck lid there's like a bunch of those mini sponsors yeah. on there. like why don't you just put them where the contingencies are or even like since the cup series have like those four premier sponsors like ico coca-cola yeah. like why don't you put those there just to kind of even it out some yeah you know? um I, I don't know if it was just an across the board thing. I don't. I don't know what the truck situation is. Did they take contingencies off of them? Yeah, they don't really have contingencies either. Yeah, so I think maybe it was just an across the board thing with NASCAR that we're just not going to have that. But I mean, with the with the, you know, the Cup Series has the numbers forward, so you can just put all kinds of stuff behind. With Xfinity, it would be nice to at least if you're not going to have contingencies, at least allow that open area to be utilized by a company, you know, logo um for sponsorship so i i don't know those things um but fortunately we're in a good spot where we were we're fully loaded this year with sponsors um i've kind of taken that task on just because um i and just enjoy it so much to really just help load that car up with sponsors for jeremy so when you're at the track with Jeremy, you say you're loading the sponsors up. Are you also taking some of these other companies' uh, representatives to the racetrack, or like, are you a liaison uh, to NASCAR to them as well? Um, no, I'm just I I work with Jeremy almost daily on uh, you know sponsor relationships, and because I kind of wear two hats, one you know with First Pacific running that company, and then also taken on the it's not even a challenge it's uh, it's a passion of just bringing sponsors to to this team um so at the racetrack it's more of just uh the companies that are there that are representing uh our car are the sponsors for the car that weekend try to just do what i can to um you know just kind of help answer questions or um, just help in any way I can. You know, a lot of some of the companies that are on board Jeremy's car, I'm not, you know, there's a couple of races where there's sponsors that I'm not too familiar with, but the majority of us on Jeremy's car, we're all like family. There's like five major sponsors that cover the entire season. And we're on, we're on text, uh, you know, 
chats and all of us together. You know, we're all we're we've been doing. I mean, I've only been doing this for a couple of years, but a lot of the other guys have been doing it for several years. And I feel like it just um, there just needs to be a little bit of organization as far as all of this. And that's what I've tried to bring to the table, which is kind of taking that off of Jeremy's plate um, and, and and also enjoying it. It's not a burden on me at all. I, I really, truly enjoy it. So. So, so with that, I do have to ask, because uh, you've been talking with my dad about coming on the show. Um, do you actually work with him on some of the stuff for your first specific funding uh, logos and stuff for the pit boards and stuff? And if so, how much of a pain in the ass is he to work with? <laughs> no, he's great. We go back and forth with different looks. Um, and that's another thing. I just like, I like that side of it. Um, I like the organizational side of the pit banners, the pit carts. Uh, just different looks, um, you know, paint schemes, um, on and on, uniforms, um, just race day shirts, the whole nine yards. We just, I, I really enjoy, you know, kind of just putting that all together. Uh, you know, even going as far as this year, like a lot of merchandise, like polos, hoodies, sweatshirts, jackets, everything, just making sure that, you know, being year three, I wanted it to just kind of be a little bit more um, just a little bit more preparation in this year than just past because, you know, last year was kind of, it was our first big year and that was a complete success. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's just, uh, you know, take the next step and really prepare for things that we didn't prepare for in the past. So we're, we're excited, um, you know, with everything going on with JCR and all the upgrades over there with cars and equipment and engines and what, I think we've got everything, all of our I's dotted and T's crossed right now, you know, being only a couple weeks out. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, since you're so involved with the Xfinity series, um, we've seen a lot of the big teams kind of scale back or leave entirely in the last couple of years. I think Ganassi was one of them. Penske's just recently Roush left a few years ago, you know, RCR scaled back for a little bit. I was kind of curious to know, you know, how do you think the health of the series is? And do you think it's more beneficial for, for smaller teams like yours? Do you think that maybe it's going to give you a little bit of a, a helping hand in terms of, you know, Hey, there's less, you know, there's less all-star cars we have to go beat. Or do you think it's going to be the, more or less the same competition wise? I think Xfinity's the sky's the limit. Um, so they've expanded, they've expanded the field from 36 to 38, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel that, uh, you know, with less feeder cup feeder teams, it's just, it's all the better. I mean, you, you were just starting to see that the last few years with Jeremy and Brandon Brown and Ryan Sieg and, you know, a few other teams that were just, that are starting to have more and more success. Um, so I think the series is, I mean, the, the best racing last year was in the Xfinity series, in my opinion. I mean, and I've heard that from, you know, not, yeah. I just try to take my bias self out and just, and I mean, I'm being told that all the time. So, um, and I just feel like, uh, you know, a lot of these larger teams like colleagues and them, um, in, in Penske, they see that the down the road that the expense, I don't think is going to be what it was in the cup series. So a lot of teams are, you know, going that route, not a lot, but a few are, um, but I mean, all these, a lot of these teams like, uh, Jeb Burton, um, uh, my mind, Brett Moffitt, like a, a bunch of teams are, um, you know, kind of geared towards full season sponsors. So um, I think it's going to be a really exciting year. Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, while we're on that topic, uh, what what are you looking forward to uh, for this year in the Xfinity Series as far as um, some of the stuff I know specifically for you and your company being based out of the Pacific Northwest, they're going to be going to Portland. Are you excited yeah. for that race? And how do you feel about road courses in general? Um, I love the road courses that they're at now. Um, yeah, I, I love them. And I think it's honestly, it's, it's going to be good. Like I'm biased being with Jeremy, but I mean, I think it, it levels the playing field because you're taking that horsepower aspect out of it you know, to where some of these teams just spend enormous amounts of money, especially in the Xfinity, in, even in the Xfinity series, um, you know, for that horsepower. So this kind of takes that out of it and puts, puts it more in the driver's hands with skill levels. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 
all four of the road courses. And I think Portland will, I'm really excited about Portland. Um, it's uh, 45 minutes from our corporate office. Uh, we'll have a bunch of people there. Um, and I know Jeremy's certainly ready for Portland. He's talked about it several times. So yeah, it'll be a good opportunity for him, you know, again, just leveling the playing field and, you know, being able to use some of his expertise on on the short tracks he's done he's excelled a lot on those and uh we had an unfortunate thing last year at mid ohio where he i mean uh i don't think he got a lap or two in before it went out with something um but yeah i mean he's usually up in that top 10 for the majority of the uh, road courses we do have a question in the comments here from matt i'm gonna butcher your last name uh trewartha um It's kind of a a longer question. He says, given the sponsor dollars first Pacific funding has available, um, could you see more ROI sponsoring a larger championship contending team for fewer races, or are you committed to sporting a smaller team like Jeremy and having that sort of more real relationship? Well, that's a great question. Um, Yeah. The return on the investment. I think when you see a logo on a car for, 11 races a year versus maybe three or four with a major spot. I I think you're getting just as much, especially on a car that's in the playoffs. Um, That's, that's why we're hook line and sinker with Jeremy because I mean, he was beaten uh, most of the year. He was beaten 75, not 70. He he was beaten, you know, probably 25% of the year, your big dollar teams. So, I mean, we're getting our return on the investment, and, and still producing good results. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just as happy with being on his car for 11 races versus, you know, what that 11 races would maybe get, get us a couple races, um, you know, with your colleagues or Penske's or whatever in the world. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if we're talking about us being a 25th place car, to 30th every week, you know, yeah, that might be a different story, but I mean, we were one of the top 10 last year. Yeah. You know, so. And yeah. something that also um, I think with Jeremy uh, it's on, even though he's out there being an owner driver, he's always going to be put in that underdog tier. So anytime that he's doing better than quote unquote expected, you guys are going to get more TV time anyways. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much guaranteed every time that we got. uh, I mean, we're not. And a lot of these teams pay for exposure, let's be honest. Um, These in cars and all of these uh, reports from uh, crew chief or team owner interviews during. I mean, all that stuff is paid for. You're they're just it's not a coincidence. So, Mm. yeah. Um, So. I mean, we're, we're happy with, with what we've got going. It's, it's a good, it's a good partnership. Yeah. Um, to kind of switch gears to go from a business standpoint more to a fan standpoint, um, you've mentioned how many decades you've been going to races for, and are there any that you've gone to that kind of stick out in your memory from years past or or are they all kind of the same to you? No, I remember, um, I was at the race where Bobby Allison tore down the whole front stretch at Talladega. Mm-hmm. I was there for that race. Um, obviously Dale seniors, I was there. And, um, so those were, um, two right off the top of my head. I was there for when Bobby Allison got hurt, uh, when he, so I'm, and I'm, that's just some of them that I remember because it was, you know, some form mm-hmm. of a tragedy or close to tragedy. Um, but then, in, you know, a lot of races with Jeff Bodine where he would win. He won his first race at Martinsville uh, in 84. I was there for that. So, yeah, I mean, there's just been a lot of races. It's it's a – I've probably forgot more than I remember. But it's been – it's just in my blood. I, I remember um, – uh, yeah, Jeff, when he won Martinsville um, – I got into victory lane for that. And then I, I think the, the best one I ever was at was Jeff winning the Daytona 586. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, 
those are a couple big moments that you just listed. Yeah, like the there. first yeah. win for Rick Hendrick. Yeah, major, yeah. Uh, major that was a, points. That was a crazy story because they, uh, he was about to, Rick Hendrick was about to go under until he won that race. If you ever read anything on that, mm-hmm. like he, yeah. that was his budget wouldn't allow for any more races. Um, so, and, and, you know, sitting with Jeff, I, I was with him in uh, 2018 at Kentucky Speedway. He was representing the Crossley jukebox, which they give to the winner. Um, so I sat and talked with him for a while and he just went through his whole sponsorship, uh, just all of the years in sponsorship and was just bringing up some cool things to me that I didn't know, like the QVC sponsorship um, was all on his own dime for the most part. They didn't pay for nothing partly. So that was cool to, you know, that's not cool, but it was, I mean, it was cool to hear the stories back in the day. Um you know, just how your childhood idol got through certain situations that you wouldn't normally, you know, you wouldn't normally know that, you know? So he was kind of really opening up and he opened up about his truck crash. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to talk about another moment that I was there. That was, everything's coming back to me now, but that, that truck race, there were parts. It was the whole, the whole sky was just, parts were just raining down on us. So we naturally, you know, you go into that kind of cover your head thing. Um, but then talking about that, I remember Carl, Kyle Larson's car, when the engine ended up in the stand, yeah. we were one section from where the tires came. One section, we just looked over, there's tire, there's an engine, and there's the tire with the actual um, interior part of it on there. So it was, that was, that was the scariest moment um, that I've been part of that, that those two, the Bodine wreck and then Larson going into the fence, those, two. and I remember going to the track the next day and they had, they had it all put back together with new fencing. It was insane. Hmm. So I'm learning something guys. Um, if we ever know that Steve is in the grandstands for a speedway race, we don't need to be there. You were at the Allison race, the Larson race, yeah, set a couple sections up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Seems like you might be bad luck for fences. Oh man. Yeah. Those, those were some crazy times, but, um, you, you, uh, you weren't at the 2015 Coke zero 400, were you? No. With Dylan. Yeah. No, okay. that, so, that was probably the most insane wreck where you yeah. just, I mean, the car just stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So we don't have a clean sweep of them all. We're no, we're no, no yeah. still all right, but thankfully. Yeah. Um, I want to know, I, I went to the uh, the Fall Vegas race last year, and I saw you. I didn't want to go up and bug you, but I was right behind you in line. Like, I could have oh. patted you on the back. Wow. So, well, cool. I want to know if you know what races you're going to this year. Yes. Yeah, so, we're starting with uh, the full speed week in Daytona. Then we're going – we've got the three West Coast races. We've got California, Vegas, and Phoenix. I'm going to Vegas. We do that every year. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I'll see you there. Uh, I'm going to Atlanta. Atlanta, uh, two weeks later. Okay. So, um, and then I'm going to Martinsville for the night race. The majority of the races we're sponsoring, I'm going to. Um, And then Indy, Nashville, Bristol. Maybe another one in between. So about about seven or eight. Hmm. Yeah. And then, and then there might be more. It's kind of like a wing it type deal. Like, you know, I got nothing going on this weekend. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm trying to be at the second Atlanta race. So if you're there, I'll definitely okay. I'll shoot you a message. Perfect. Thanks. Cole. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the plan is to get most of the three other or three or four of us up there. So uh, we'll be looking to, to see you. Um, I think um, we pretty much hit everything. But there is something pretty big uh, that I think we're all wanting to know, and that is um, you have always had this connection with Kurt Busch. Yeah. And Nathan just brought it up in our private chat. What, I mean, what has that been about? I think I was, uh, I think I saw you on TV in like 2016 during a practice session where you were hyping up Kurt Busch then like what 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 is what is the relationship between you two well it's just it started as a fan um and i remember that interview because uh dave burns came up to me and you know he had asked me you know what i like about kurt and then i'd like uh i can i just started listing all of these 
accomplishments and like reasons. And it was like, it took up the whole interview. I don't think he was expecting, you know, he was just asking for a simple response. And I'm like, well, he started with, um, you know, this guy and went to that guy. And, and so it was, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, but to answer your question, um, yeah, I've just always liked his driving style and, um, you know, we've seen each other for, a decade now and knows me and I know him and uh, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. He, I love his driving style to where he just give he, everywhere he goes, he just give, he just makes that team better every single place he goes. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, and then, you know, I've developed friendships where every team he goes to with their crew. And it's like unfortunate that it's like every two or three years, he's onto a different team. It's not like, you know, we can keep the same team for, you know, eight, 10 years. So, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun with Kurt. I think we're reading over notes here. Mm-hmm. Making sure we hit anything, hit everything. The one thing I would like to say is that I've got this uh, ride along going on for these three races, this West coast swing mm-hmm. where you can just go to, my Twitter page, but you'll basically be able to take a selfie of you or your family or a significant other, or who, you know, baby, whatever. And we'll put it on the car and it'll be a pretty significant size. Um, and you get it on there for the whole three weeks. And then after the race is over, we'll, we'll, we'll take the, the wrap off the car and, and Jeremy will sign each one of the pictures and we'll have a picture of the car and then a picture with your, and then the actual part off the car and it'll, it would be a, it'll be a cool collectible and it's a hundred dollars, but it's for three races. I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, for a playoff caliber driver. Yeah. Yeah. Nate and I both did that last year. I was on the, uh, the Vegas car yep. and then I, think he was and I was on, on the Phoenix, Phoenix car. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a lot of fun. It just gives people an opportunity to just kind of, you know, be part of the sport in some sense other than just, watching on TV, you can be like there, I'm on that back deck lid or, you know, wherever you are. So, yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're just trying to, you know, give opportunities that don't normally come, you know, NASCAR fan way. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, go, go on Twitter and uh, we'll throw his handle up again. That's uh, race chaser 51 uh on twitter and go go do that that sounds like a lot of fun i think as soon as you said that i'm like yeah i'm doing that so and mm-hmm. it's only 100 bucks too for three races that's only 33 dollars a race come on guys and, and i mean and it'll, it'll, yeah. Really too. yeah it'll be a pretty good sized picture so i mean it, we're, we're we're just trying to have fun with this whole process that's all Yeah. So uh, before we go, uh, we got a, a couple things left. Do you have any questions for us? We always ask that of all, all of our guests, um, just to, just in case uh, y'all come up with anything uh, unique. Uh, I guess what was the reason for you guys even you know having the podcast? Is it you guys are all four friends, longtime friends, or uh, no? Actually, <laughs> uh, so the the podcast story it comes along it starts uh, with you. Twenty. 15 or 16, I was a freshman in college and I was like, yeah, I got to get something done. And I've been trying for years and years to find somebody to co-host with me and stuff like that. And yep. it's been off and on. And I finally uh, messaged Nathan uh, two or three weeks before Speed Weeks last year. And we started it. And from there, Nathan, uh, he uh, said, hey, there's this other guy, Colton. Colton came on here for a fan spotlight like we did. And then uh, then uh, he became part of the show, and then we did the same with Jared. But basically, for Fan Fuel Motorsports, we we uh, we all are passionate about racing in some capacity, whether it's just NASCAR or a wide world of uh, motorsports, including the likes of Open Wheel, MotoGP, and the and the rest of the uh, stuff. And we just want to get on here and bring the fan stories out. Uh, so, like I told you before uh, before we started recording, we want to get. Uh, the fandom out of even industry peoples and kind of show. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great because you can, you can, you know, it's so easy for people to talk about the same questions and, and all the same NASCAR hubbub, but to actually have it geared more for, you know, the everything outside of the norm, you know, the business side of it, just driver side of it, 
you know, what they do in their spare time. It's the really cool stuff you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. And then uh, I had one more question for you. Um, that is what could you as a lifelong fan recommend for new fans uh, and, and I guess current fans trying to get new fans to come into the sport? Oh boy. That's a great question. Well, first of all, you gotta, you gotta see a race live because that's going to bring that's the TV does not do this sport justice uh, as far as being there live, the whole race day experience. Um, and that's what I think ha that's what hurt Kentucky the first year they mm -hmm. had the race um, where all they had the traffic problems is because everybody thought that you can just go to a track a couple hours before the event. They don't realize this place, there was a yeah. you know, close to a hundred thousand people there right. and you can't just jam in there in the last two hours. Like that's, that's one of the problems that I thought I, I had all along was, you know, these people need to make a day of this place. And, um, so, but yeah, experiencing a, a race live is my first suggestion. Um, and then, and then we'll make a day. That's a really good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, get yourself a scanner so you can hear drivers and uh, bring your dad or son, you know, make it a family experience just find a driver that relates to you and just, I guess, enjoy, enjoy the moment. All right. And if you're going to an Xfinity race, make sure you uh, support that 51 Absolutely. for specific funding. Yeah. Racing. Yeah. Make sure that driver you pick is Jeremy Clements. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It has to be. I, the others, I, I don't even, yeah, I don't suggest anyone else. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, excited and, about and, this year, guys. So look yeah. forward to seeing you guys at the track. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, oh, man, this is Spending awesome. an hour with us, and uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, if you don't mind, we might ask you on sometime in the in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, we can check in mid-year, what, and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be it for us tonight. So uh, thank you for joining us for this hour of just, you know, awesome talk with Steve Carnes. I mean, telling us that he uh, personally has known Jeff Bodine his whole life, that was something that kind of blindsided me. I hadn't looked that far in my research for the, for the episode, so uh, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, always, uh, as always, uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, at FanFuelMSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM. And uh, you got anything else to plug before we sign off here, Steve? Uh, no, go sign up and be a part of our team for three races. That would be awesome. All right. Yeah, let's, let's do that. And uh, as always, uh, we can see you guys next week. But, Jared, I'm going to pass it off to you. you got an announcement for tomorrow night. Oh, that's, let's go. We got me and Colton tomorrow, episode number two of the Slick Track podcast. And we are going with episode two. We're going to have a banger. We're going to have World of Outlaws series driver, Logan Shuhart on the show tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be pretty cool. That's really awesome for a startup podcast to have a legit driver, like top-tier driver, on your show for the second episode. Yeah. Championship contender 2021. Yes, sir. That'll be I a good one. Stoked. That'll be I'm at the same time. It'll be 7.30 tomorrow night. Uh, the guys will be ready with – uh, Logan Short and Drydeen representative Bill uh, as well. They will be on the way to the uh, Sonoma Raceway, which I'll be at on Friday to see them in action with Tony Stewart's All-Star Circuit as Champion Series. Um, and that'll be something cool. I've never seen 410 sprints in person. Oh, you're I am happy. I am ready to rock and roll. It's going to so change we'll see your you guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow night with that. Nathan, you got anything before we sign off? Um, no, not really. Um, I'm just excited for the clash to come back because it gives me something to watch on the weekends, which is nice. Um, other than NFL playoffs, you know, it feels a little bit nice to have racing back because the Rolex 24 was last week. That was really good to watch. So I'm just glad I get racing back. And don't forget, we have Colton reminded me of this. We have Keith Merritt coming on next week to break down the clash. Um, we don't really have a the set topic. We're just going to be talking about all, all sorts of random stuff, kind of like our last episode with him. But as we all know, that was really fun last time. So 
we'll probably get ready for that again next Wednesday. All right. You know the drill. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Hit uh, Race Chaser 51 on Twitter as well. Go do that three race uh, deal where you can have your face on Jeremy Clement's car. It's going to be really cool. Uh, and then uh, hit us up on FanFuelMotorsports.com. We've got eSports content now. We will have NASCAR content starting this week with the LA Clash and moving forward. We'll get working on some stuff about the Rolex and IndyCar as they start. And we will see you guys tomorrow to for the Slip Track Podcast or next week with Keith Merrick. I will not be there next week, so you guys will have a lot of fun with Keith, Colton, Nathan, and Jared. Mm-hmm. We will see you then. All right, bye.